coming up. The family was like, well, you know, let's give it a minute. Maybe she'll show up. But she never did. And so they called her and she didn't answer. So at one point they were just like, you know what, let's just go to her house. Let's check on her. Something has to be wrong because this isn't like her. For Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond. You're listening to The Daily Crime. On May 6th, 2005, 36-year-old Diana Wilmoth went to a bar in Lexington County, South Carolina to interview for a job. She went for an interview at a a bar as a waitress and a bartender. She went there quite often. The next morning was Mother's Day, and she was planning to join family for lunch at her parents' house, but she never showed. She didn't show up. She did not answer the phone, so we went out there, and that's when everything started. Joining us again from WLTX in Columbia, South Carolina, is Alicia Niaves. Alicia, take us through this case. Where does all of this begin for the Wilmoth family? May 6, 2005, uh, Diana Wilmoth, 36 years old, she was interested in getting a new job. She went to go interview at Lucky's Bar. This is off Edmond Highway in Lexington County, South Carolina. Went for an interview there in the early evening. Uh, They wanted her to stick around to kind of see how she did. You know, after the interview, they were like, let's see how you do with the customers, you know, as a server, bartender. And she, the mother believes she remained there for the majority of the night, maybe got home around midnight. Again, this is what the mother believes. The next day was Mother's Day, and the family had planned to have a big get-together at their house, and They knew something was wrong when Diana never showed up. And this bar that she was interviewing at, as I understand it, it sounds like it was sort of a regular spot that she was known to go to prior to the interview. So it's not, you know, as though she might be lost or something in an unfamiliar area, right? Right. She had been to that bar before and it was nothing new to her. She likely knew many of the people she came into contact with. And so that is one place that investigators are still, you know, talking about, asking, hey, anyone who was at that bar May 6, 2005, if you remember who Diana was communicating with, if you remember anyone who she might have been, you know, a little close with that night, anyone she might have left with, please let us know, you know, that's, and her family is asking the same thing. They believe someone at that bar could have the single, even the ever so slightest piece of information that could help get a new lead in this case because 15 years later, this case has just gone cold. Right. So the next morning or the next day on Mother's Day, the family was like, well, you know, let's give it a minute. Maybe she'll show up. But she never did. And so they called her and she didn't answer. So at one point, they were just like, you know what, let's just go to her house. Let's check on her. Something has to be wrong because this isn't like her. So they arrived to her house. Her car sitting outside. Mm. Her purse was still at her house. Her phone was still at her house. The TV was on. But what the family said was the strangest part was her animals were left without food and water. She had, her father Marion says she had over 30 dogs that she cared for. She would take in strays, give them a home, and make sure they were well taken care of. She was a big animal lover. In fact, the family said she was at this job because she wanted 
a career or a job that would help cater to her schedule to take care of her animals. Her animals came first. So when the family arrived on Mother's Day and they noticed that her dogs were without food and water, they said, something is terribly wrong. This is not our daughter. Like her purse, telephone, TV was on, and that just isn't my daughter. She would never have left her animals without food and water. And it sounds like what all of these other pieces of evidence would tell us, her, her purse being there, her phone being there, the TV being on, is that she made it home from the bar and something happened after that. That's what the family believes. And the father, her father, Marion, thinks it's a possibility. Maybe someone followed her home. Again, these are just theories of what the parents believe. Her mother, Gerda, says maybe someone out there may have gotten the wrong impression of what the relationship was going to be like that night. And that's when things took a turn. After the family filed a missing persons report, you know, the, the, the searches began. The searches, investigators did the searches from the ground, in the air, and they could never find Diana until July 7th that same year. You had two kids who were playing paintball in a wooded area about two and a half miles from Diana's house. They were playing paintball and they found her body. And investigators say that she was beaten. They believe she was sexually assaulted and shot. So the mother again believes that maybe someone who she was with that night took advantage and I did ask her mother, did Diana have, you know, any significant other? Was she close to anyone at that moment? And she said, no, you know, she didn't really have a steady boyfriend. Um, they didn't know of anyone in particular. Investigators did say that they followed substantial leads in this case. They talked to persons of interest, but to this day, they have not had any probable cause to make an arrest. So. That is where this case has stood for over 15 years. Diana's body was found in a wooded area on Jock Haven Road. Uh, it was found by some local teenagers who were playing with paintballs. It's interesting you mentioned that the area where her body was found is only two and a half miles from her home after people have been searching all over for months. What else can you tell me about this area where these kids were playing paintball? It was a it was a private property and unless you you know you had to have a reason to be out in this wooded area for example playing paintball. It's not a heavily traffic, you know, a heavy traffic area where people are always walking through. But when investigators found her body of course, you know, the family's asking, please, can we get any DNA evidence? What can we figure out? Um, and the family tells us that because of the length of time that her body was sitting out there, that investigators were not able to gather any DNA evidence. Mm. That's, again, according to the family. But, you know, we haven't ruled out the possibility that her body was there the entire time. You know, that is not definitive. Right. 
Who knows if, you know, she may have been moved. I mean, that, that has not been ruled out just yet. So if we don't have any DNA evidence, investigators are really relying on these tips. Again, these little pieces of information from anybody who saw anything out of the ordinary the night of May 6, 2005, even into the early morning hours of May 7th. I do know that the family asked uh, her neighbors. She lived in a trailer, so she lived pretty close to her other neighbors, not too far away, and she was good friends with her neighbors. You know, when she would leave, she would ask her neighbor, hey, do you mind feeding my dogs, you know, when I leave, just to make sure they're fed? And um, But the family says the neighbors didn't see anything out of the ordinary, so investigators are just hoping for tips at this point. Even this many years later, anything can help. I know police have said that they have had quite a few substantial leads is the phrase they used. What can you tell me about that? That's really all that Captain Adam Myrick told me was that they did have what they thought were promising leads at one point. We have some information that leads us to believe that Diana very likely at least had some familiarity with whoever did this to her. But they just didn't have enough probable cause to arrest anyone. So that's where things have been now for more than 15 years. We've had substantial leads. We've talked to persons of interest, but we just simply haven't had enough probable calls to make an arrest on anyone. It just seems like they always had to go back to the drawing board. Okay, well, that didn't work out. What else do we know? And at a certain point, they just kept running out of information. And so in our in my most recent interview with the Lexington County Sheriff's Department, the lead investigating agency in this case, they were just pleading for anyone in the public to call in with any piece of information, call Crime Stoppers. They said, if you have any concerns about whether you you will be identified or anything like that. They say all of these tips are completely anonymous. They just, at this point, they're back at square one and they need some help. This happened on Mother's Day weekend in 2005. And you spoke with Diana's parents right around Mother's Day this past year, uh, around the 16th anniversary now of her murder. That just makes Mother's Day a little bit not so happy. I want to talk about what they had to say about the investigation. But first, what did they tell you about their daughter? How do they remember Diana? Oh, goodness. I mean, again, she was just a big animal lover. She would take in stray animals, give them a home. After she died, her family made sure that, and her friends made sure that all of these animals were replaced, were taken care of, found homes. So big animal lover worked her schedule around these animals. They were her priority. And then the family just said she was very outgoing, very friendly. and they, they believe, you know, she just got along with everybody. She was just a fun person to be around. And they believe maybe that could have contributed to someone misconstruing her intentions for that night. You know, that she was just a very loving person. Someone, unfortunately and tragically, you know, obviously took advantage of that, the family believes. Um, so to... Again, we're 15 years later, more than 15 years later. What the family tries to do to keep this case fresh in the minds of people in this area, because her father believes that someone who has a critical piece of evidence is still in this area. 
Somebody in that bar there that night probably knows who she left with if or someone followed her home. Somebody knows. And all they have to do is call. They posted a flyer on the back of their truck. They posted the flyer that includes Diana's picture, the day she went missing. Crime Stoppers reward, because there is at least a $5,000 reward for anyone who has a tip that leads to an arrest. They have that on the back of their truck, and they drive around just so people can see it. Word of mouth can work, you know, and, and, and we all know this. Word of mouth can work, social media can work, but they just, to keep her memory alive, to keep this case fresh in the minds of people in the Midlands here in South Carolina. They just drive around with Diana at all times, hoping for some change in this case. And what they try and do also, the mother was telling us that maybe what people can take away from this tragedy is that, say parents, whenever you have a child leaving the home, and no matter how old they are, right? Uh, if you ever have a child leaving the home, ask where they're going. See if you can figure out who they're going to be with. Get some sense of the directions to this place where they're going. Because Diana's mother said that way, God forbid anything, if anything were to happen, police would have a place to start. They have loved ones and they're going somewhere. Ask them, I know it might be annoying to text or call when they make it to their destination and have a tentative idea what the directions are. So if something goes wrong, they know where to look. And they just try and, you know, spread that message. Know where your loved ones are going. And maybe if it isn't your parents, maybe it's your best friend. Just let someone know where you're going, who you're going to be with, if you have their name, their number. I know that may sound like a lot, but it can give people peace of mind. They have had to go without answers for such a long time now, but... You know, the last time you were on this podcast, it was to talk about another case in South Carolina, a very different case, the Sumter County John and Jane Doe case, which was a mystery that was partially solved after 44 years. So you just never know when a breakthrough might come. And it sounds like Diana's family certainly hasn't lost that hope. Oh, absolutely not. I mean, they, let me tell you, this family has been through so very much. They have two children buried in the same cemetery and they go and see them and they, you know, still have faith that one day they will get justice for their family. They will figure out who did this to their daughter and why, or just get to a moment where they know that the person who did this to their daughter is no longer on the streets. So, this person will never do this again. Alicia Niaves with WLTX. Please keep us posted on this case and hopefully this family will get some answers soon. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, Reed. Thanks to you for joining us on another episode of The Daily Crime. As the name suggests, we're here daily, five days a week, Monday through Friday. Make sure you don't miss any of those episodes by hitting subscribe or follow on whatever podcast app you use. And you can check out some of our other shows at vaultstudios.com. That'll do it for this one. Until next time, for Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond.